0: Hey, this is Robbie Baseball from the Dingers Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and you are listening to Pop Goes Your World. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes, and while you're there, please leave us a rating and review.
1: And now it's time for our feature presentation. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me.
0: And I'm Derek Myers. And I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation.
1: Episode 187 ZZ Top. Brian along with Derek Myers, and this is Pop Goes Your World, the Pop Culture Podcast for the Generations. Derek, how are you, my friend? It's been a long time since we've been in the studio.
0: Between summer vacations and real life, and just, you know, stuff happens, man. It's summertime. Family
1: stuff. Yeah. Believe it or not, this is really surprising. This might surprise
0: a lot of people. This is not our full-time job. It's not? Yeah, I know. It's a real shock. <laughs> you mean we don't get paid millions of dollars to do this podcast. You're kidding oh, be.
1: Well, in the summertime, we like to take a little bit of a break, and you know, we do some things. Squeezing time to get into the studio is just—it's always challenging for us in the summer. You know, this year there's been no exception, obviously. But here we are. We're talking about ZZ Top this episode. Unfortunately, the band's bassist Dusty Hill passed away. So, with both Derek and I being such big fans of the band, we thought it would be a good idea to devote an entire episode to it. But before we get started on that. Derek, is there anything new in the world of pop culture for you in our time off this summer?
0: Oh my God, so much. I I, we imagine. don't even have time to, to talk about all of it, so Touch I'm going to pick a little, a little sort of a favorite of mine. So um, as is often the case, when a movie is going to be released and it's a sequel, I like to go back and watch the one that came out before it so that when I go to see the sequel, the 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 details from the previous movie are still fresh because okay. any decent sequel will reference back to the last film. And if you don't remember the last film, you're sort of missing a little bit of those Easter eggs and, mm. and some of that story continuity. Sounds like, so, good, sounds
1: like a good, good idea. Yeah.
0: It's a good rule of thumb. I've done yeah. this all my life. Like so, it. Uh, so the new James Bond movie called mm. no time to die was supposed to come out just around the time the pandemic started. But apparently one of the, the key plot points in the movie is about a plague or a pandemic. And so in the, in the interest of good taste, they, they obviously didn't release it. And then in the interest of making money, they're like, nobody's in the theater. We are also not going to release it. So it's been delayed, 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 delayed. And now they're like, it's going to be coming out soon, probably between now and Christmas time as so many other movies that have been delayed are now all starting to come out. So my wife and I decided we were going to go back and rewatch all of the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies so that we had a clear memory of like, what were the main plot points? Who were the heroes? Who were the villains? Who were the allies? What were the stories? Because even though every James Bond movie is fairly self-contained, the ones that have come out more recently have had some ongoing story threads that have continued. So we went back and rewatched them recently. And before we did that, I had said to her, you know what? I kind of want to rewatch all the Mission Impossible movies before we watch the James Bond movies. <laughs> you because have, they're also you have a lot of time same. this summer, apparently. Well, yeah, we've had a lot of time. <laughs> so I actually um, I only owned a couple of the Mission Impossible movies. So I said I went online and you can get there are six Mission Impossible movies and you can get them all in a six blu-ray collection for like 40 bucks i'm like done bought them they arrived the next day from amazon so over the next six days we watched them and let me tell you if you haven't seen all of the mission impossible movies you are doing yourself a disservice these movies are fantastic the second one is clearly the bummer of the group but uh the first one was really good the second one a little bit of a dip and then three was good four was better five was better than four and six was better than five and and those last three mission Impossible movies were just like they got better and better they were fantastic so we watched those and we're like wow these are great and like you forget that tom cruise is in his 50s in these last ones you're like my god this guy is doing a lot of crazy stuff for a guy in his 50s but they're they're very entertaining guess, so uh, guess how many
1: watching, guess how many mission impossible movies i've seen
0: uh i'm guessing zero.
1: Zero is correct yes you Jeez. are right Dude.
0: You you got that one correct. 0. All right. So so we watched the Mission Impossible movies and that was sort of the bar. Yeah. Then we watched the James Bond movies and we mm-hmm. sort of went these are a lot of the same kind of plot points as the Mission Impossible movies. And so the James Bond movies were almost a little bit of a letdown after watching the Mission Impossible movies. But when we went back and looked at when the movies were released, the Bond movies came out before the Mission so it's like Skyfall came out in 2012 and then a Mission Impossible movie came out like three years later that had almost the same plot and then James Bond Specter came out in 2015 and then like two years later a Mission Impossible movie came out with almost the same plot but because we had watched the Mission Impossible movies first the Bond movies just sort of felt like a little bit of a letdown which was kind of disappointing so although we got caught up on the Bond movies and although we enjoyed the Bond movies we're like hmm you know they're not they don't seem as good as the mission at least for me they didn't feel as good as the mission impossible movies i'd still recommend them all if you haven't seen them or you haven't seen them in a while go back and rewatch them they're certainly definitely worth the rewatch but i am definitely looking forward to the new bond movie but i'm really hoping that it's better than the last mission impossible movie and the last mission impossible movie was very strong so it's kind of a high bar that's been set so we'll see i'm all i'm all totally geared up now for this next spy movie so that's how i've spent the last few weeks is doing all this this binging of all these spy films and and they've been good in their own right but some have clearly been better than others and i would say check out those last three mission impossible movies like watch them in a row four five six they were awesome nice i have i have some Some things pop culture related and non pop culture
1: related that I'd like to share with you. So the first thing is, uh, in some of my spare time, I did a I did a radio ad for a radio station. And it's like in Midwestern Ontario. And it's this radio station that kind of rebranded. And I did the ad for them. So do you want to you want to hear the ad? Of course I do. All right. I'm going to play it for you right now. Here it is. Okay. Hey, Hey. I'm not a Bay Street trader or an account executive. and I don't live in a high-rise, or eat escargot, or own a Tesla. And I don't know Jim, or Tom, or Teresa from Bruce County, although I'm sure they're really, really nice. We have two MPs, and two MPPs that we share with our neighbors. I speak Bruce County, not Big City, and I pronounce it Lucknow, not Lucknow, and I can proudly carry beer in my backpack. I believe in keeping the peace and sometimes disturbing it, campfires, not fine dining, and that going out for a rip is a proud and important part of our heritage, and that the bend in your ball cap matters, and it's the tub at the tip of the Bruce. Bruce County is the number one county alphabetically in the province, the birthplace of that guy who scored the goal against Russia, the best people in all chris and i am the bruce thank you okay so that was one thing i did over my uh, my summer vacation that's on 97.7 the bruce with our good buddy brian longmire he's the morning guy over there and uh, so i did that
0: i just i just yeah. want to congratulate you on being recent considering that the ad spoofing came out in 2000 and we're in 2021 so, <laughs> exactly. no way to keep on top of current
1: trends good job for me for me what else you been up to chris for me that's new you got to remember it came out after 1989 course, so for me course. it's like hey that's a new thing um a couple other things happened to me um derek as you know i finished up my schooling and i was conferred my graduate degree i now have an mba So there's this thing apparently where when you graduate, people give you gifts, and uh, and I received a gift. I'm not going to say who gave it to me, but it's it's here in the studio. You know those Funko Pop things, those little figures. I have a
0: handful of them myself.
1: So I got one that's Fonzie. (laughs) It's so awesome! It's like my favorite thing. It's right beside my stream deck.
0: So the person, Chris, uh, is that because in your master's degree you got all A's? (laughs) It did. You should. You should be doing the dad joke of the week. I totally should.
1: <laughs> Stepping on your
0: joke, man. Yeah, I do.
1: So obviously, I am more educated than I was on our last show. Um, and one of the things I did to celebrate was I took the family on a vacation to Quebec. We went to Montreal. We went to Quebec City. We went whale watching in the Saint Lawrence Seaway. It was amazing, and and especially if you you know take into account I speak zero French. You know, but I was still able to get us around uh, La Belle province. So, it was good. And, oh, and speaking of French, the other thing Tribune. I wanted to mention was. Très uh, Thank you. I've spent um, a, a lot of time up at the trailer, you know, this summer. I've mentioned that before. And we went up there after our trip to Quebec. And, I, and I've mentioned to you before here on the podcast. One of the things that we like to do with our friends when we're up at the trailer. Because we have a couple, you know, good couples that we, you know, we hang out with. And one of the things we like to do is we sit around the campfire at night and we play a game of catchphrase and you know how that game works Derek I've mentioned it before yep yeah so you get like a word or a phrase and you have to describe it without using those words and then people have to guess what it is let's just say that I'm a little bit competitive especially when it comes to games I think maybe even more so when it's games about pop culture so anyway one of our friends had their parents join us for a game and they're from Quebec so English is their second language and uh, you know so obviously that puts them at a distinct disadvantage in a game like this because it's all about communication right so mm-hmm. anyway they speak French and so we're playing a category of entertainment words and phrases right up my alley right and it was their turn to describe it and and the mom she says this thing happened when the thing and the other thing get together and you know they do the third thing together you know that what is that you know And I'm like, marriage, family, like two things, I don't know. And she's like, no, no, you know, the thing and the other thing get together and they do the third thing and the third thing happen. And it's like, time's up. And she's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. It's Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) (laughs) I look at her. I'm like. How the hell does the ting and the other ting equal the third ting, and that is freaking Jennifer Lopez? Let me tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can get there. <laughs> I, I understand it now. The yeah. look I got from my wife—it
1: would tell you—it was like two daggers shooting across the campfire. I tell you, if looks can kill, like I say, I'm a little competitive. But uh, oh man, <laughs> I tell you, just
0: like of the ting I, and the ting. I think if she could hear your insensitive French accent right now, she'd be staring daggers at you again, buddy. No kidding.
1: I'm apparently quite mean. Uh, I think I'm also a little bit lame because according to my kids, you know, we've got this. Here's your dad joke of the week. Derek, this week's dad joke doesn't come from me. It comes from Jake Shornick. Okay. So Jake reached out to me and he sent this one to me. So I thought I'd share it. Okay. Derek. Derek. What did the poet say to Luke Skywalker?
0: Oh, something awful. I'm sure. I have no idea. Metaphors be with you. <gasps> metaphors. That metaphors be with that, you. That that joke hurts me on two levels as a podcaster and as a professional communicator. You don't like it? Don't blame me. Blame Jake. Subject. I'm like a little kid at Christmas. Were you wearing your
1: neck full of gold? I love Christmas. I always have. Okay. I thought it would only be fitting that I write a song. Boo.
0: Oh, Boo. We, we all got to go up Shit's Creek. There's three piles of poop. Which one do you like the most? Well, this one. That's. I guess that's just McGroove. So do you drink a lot of rum and
1: then record? Like, is that, that the connection? So Derek, a number of years ago, my wife said to me, just out of the blue. She's like, "Is there anyone that you have never seen in concert, but you want to see in concert?" And I actually had two. One was the Bare Naked Ladies, and the other one was ZZ Top. And lucky for me, the Bare Naked Ladies played at the Aurelia Folk Festival a couple years ago. I took my son. He was around 10 years old at the time. And so we got to see them. And then I want to see it was about 5 years ago, ZZ Top came to Canada. And Derek, you and I, we went together to see them. And I'm so glad we did. (laughs) Like, not just because I've, I've always been a huge fan of ZZ Top, but because, as I mentioned at the top of the show recently, we got the very sad news that ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill passed away. And it got us thinking that we should maybe dedicate an entire show to one of our favorite bands, ZZ Top. So maybe we can just start with that. Like, what is it that made ZZ Top one of our favorite bands. Like Derek, do you want to start?
0: Sure. So we did a podcast not too long ago this year where we mm-hmm. had to pick our top five favorite rock songs from the 80s. Yes. And with, I had with our good dress friend Michael Govier was on. Yes. And, That's right. I, and I had Sharp dress Man on my list. You did. Because yeah. it, it it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's definitely my number one or number two favorite ZZ Top song without question. It's it's just a straight-up classic. It's a rock song. It's it's both a little bit blues and a little bit rock It's it's got that sort of southern, Texas sound it's 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 just got a lot of Things that I really enjoy in a rock song which is part of the reason I picked it, but ZZ top's one of those bands that um, When I was younger, I didn't really care for them that much at first and then the more i heard them and the more the songs got played because they have had a lot of hits that have definitely lasted the test of time and the more you hear some of their songs the more they start to just embed themselves in your brain and you're like you have to you have to admit you know they've got a lot of great songs and even if you may not love them at first sort of the more you hear them the more you start to have to appreciate and say this is a pretty damn good song and i think more and more of their library did that to me over the years where I was just like, I may not have loved it when I first heard it, although some I did, but for a lot of them, I'm like, yeah, this was just okay. Because when I was growing up, I was more into like guitar rock, like, like things like Def Leppard and, and guns and roses. Like that was a kind of poison. Like those are the kinds of rock bands I listened to. And ZZ top didn't really fit that mold, partly just because of their age and the fact that the guys didn't look like the bands. That, that i enjoyed right but the more i started to listen to their songs and and their videos which i'm sure we'll talk about like they really started to make an impression on me and i really started to to dig what they had what they had going and um you know over time as because i listen to a lot of retro radio through various satellite channels and, and streaming services like they're very well represented on the classic rock channel the 80s channel the 70s channel the you know, the pop sounds of the past channel, like they, they sort of cross a lot of genres. Mm -hmm. And so they have a wide appeal to a lot of people and not every single song they have sort of crosses that, but one, one song might sort of hit the blues and countries chart. And then another song might hit the pop charts and then another song might hit the rock charts. And it's, it's a testament to their ability that a band can sort of fit all of those different, Genres and still be the same band and still stay true to what it is they're trying to do, and I mean the fact that ZZ Top was around in their original lineup in it for uh, and I got to write down here they they were around for fifty one years. Yep. That's got to be a record. <laughs> yeah, the, I, the only other band I can think of that might even come close to that, but definitely not beat it, but come close to that is U two. There, there are not or the Stones
1: maybe. Like,
0: well, and I mean. Yeah. R.I.P. Stones just lost another member this week or lost their first member this week. But Mm -hmm. there are not a lot of bands that can say they have had the exact same lineup for all of those years and continued to put out new tracks and tour and and not you know, want to kill each other because a lot of bands, that's usually what happens after a certain number of years, they get under each other's skin and, and there's personal differences. And, you know, this guy married that woman and that guy married this woman. and They don't like each other. And we broken up and, you know, for whatever it might be, you know, personal reasons that have nothing to do with the music or, you know, one guy's like, oh, I think this song is great. I think this song is crap. Okay, fine. Go and do your own solo thing. But ZZ top is one of those unique bands where for 50 plus years, these guys did their music and they stayed together and they, they didn't go off and join other bands and do side projects for a decade and then come back and do a reunion tour as a cash grab. Like they, they continued to just do what they did all these years. And the fact that the band members are 71 and 70 years old and we're still doing it until literally the day they died. That just is awesome. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think anyway, I, that, think, that's for me, yeah, I think for me, I, I probably, you know, honestly first got exposure to them as I think probably a lot of people did when Eliminator came out, you know, and I. Oh, for sure. I just thought they were one of the most original bands I had ever heard in my life. And, and I mean, you can literally hear you can walk by a radio and you can literally hear one note, just one note from one of their songs. And, you know, it's ZZ Top. And that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible when you think about it. Not too many bands you can do that, where you can just hear like one or two notes and you you know it's them. Um, Derek, as, as you know, I, I fancy myself to be a, a bit of a musician, you know, a poor one, you know, at that. I mean, but, you know, that's why I had to get the MBA. You know, I need something to fall back on, <laughs> you know, just in case my music career didn't take off. You know, Good,
0: good idea. Good idea.
1: <laughs> but, but since I play the guitar, that's my main instrument. I liked ZZ Top right from when I first heard them. And I think a lot of it for me had to do with Billy Gibbons and his guitar playing. He was just so bluesy. Like, man, is he a talented musician. He's way more talented than me. Although there was that time I did the OG rap and that was something. I mean, you got to admit. But anyway, I want to talk about the band a little bit from a musical point of view. Because let's be honest, people love to classify things right whether it's movies or music or anything even stuff that's not pop culture related and for me you kind of touch base on this and me that is classifying zz top is really hard to do like are they yeah. southern rock are they blues are they pop rock it's they almost seem to create a completely different music genre right yep like just so incredibly unique, like they're pulling their influences from, like I say, they're deeply rooted in the blues, but they've got that southern sound. But they're not southern necessarily. They're not like Jordan. They're from Texas, right? And I don't know. So they're just, uh, just amazing. But uh, maybe we can take a look at them individually as musicians. Trios, by the way, are not all that common. If you think about it, most bands have at least four members,
0: right? You know, some have five. Typically, yeah yeah you know? well and i mentioned you two earlier like they got four yeah yeah like it's it's three is three is tough like when i think of three got, bands with three members i think zz top yep and i think the police and like and honestly, rush nothing else really rush good another great triumph Academy, but not too many others come to mind
1: i mean really, there's triumph, Nirvana. We three, i didn't even know that yeah nirvana oh, yeah. and green day but i mean like most bands have like four or more members right but let's talk about these guys individually for a minute, if we could. Billy Gibbons, I mentioned. I honestly believe he is one of the most underrated guitar players that's ever lived. And and by the way, have we ever done an episode on best guitar players of all time? I feel like we haven't.
0: We did drummers. I don't know. You've definitely done frontmen. I know that. And we did drummers. So maybe we got to go back and do guitarists. We did, we did I mean, best guitar solos, but I don't think we ever did yes, best guitarists. That was
1: yeah. We got to put that on the list. I don't... The thing is... I, I don't even know if Billy Gibbons would make my top five, but but just to just to prove how, just how criminally underrated I think he is, but mm. like I said, he's just so unbelievably bluesy in his playing, and like I said, their music is is just you can just recognize it right away, and and for me, a lot of that has had to do with him as guitar playing. So one of the things that makes his guitar style so unique, and I don't know if you know this, Derek, but it's it's his choice of guitar pick. Do you know what he uses i know you're not a guitar player but i'm sure you know most guitarists use a hard plastic guitar pick to play mm-hmm. the guitar right do you know what billy gibbons uses no idea
0: a coin wow he
1: really? start, he started out using a mexican peso and then he actually hooked up with a company that started making these custom picks out of coins like they would cut the coin like into the the shape of a traditional guitar pick the triangle sure and 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 like he's you know the thing is if you pluck a guitar string with a metal coin it gives the guitar a completely different sound it's also what gives brian may's guitar playing Um, such a distinct sound from Queen. It makes him so unique because he uses a coin. He uses a sixpence. Uh, I didn't know that either. He uses a sixpence. That's why if you listen to Brian May, it's got that kind of twangy, really kind of cool tinny sound. Same thing. He Mm -hmm. uses this, this sixpence coin from England. But the thing is, the problem is why most people don't use coins is because it just destroys your strings.
0: You yeah, basically I was gonna say that can't
1: be good oh, for no. the instrument. You're you're breaking strings like every third song on stage. But the thing is with the peso and with um the sixpence piece that Brian May uses, they don't have the serrated edge on them like a like a quarter would, you know, so it's not quite okay. as hard on the strings, but you still get like metal shavings off the strings and you just pop them really, really quick. But so like I say, most guitar players use a plastic pick. It's just it's practical, right? But Billy Gibbons gets that unique sound. It's so totally worth it, you know. Like I, I remember when you and I went to see ZZ Top in concert. You were impressed with his guitar playing. Because I remember in one of his solos, I remember you were you were saying something to me. You turned to me and you're like, "Man, he still got it," you know, or something to that effect. Yeah. But
0: uh, so, what's your take on Billy Gibbons? That's mine. I think he's just fantastic. Well, I mean, I, this is one of those bands where it's like I don't really don't really have strong feelings about any one member. It's more just like sort of the band as a whole. Um, but yeah, I agree with what you're, I, I pretty much agree with everything you've said. It's like, I think he's underrated. I think he's way more talented than people give him credit for. And I think I'm going to fall back on what I had said a minute ago. I'm like the fact that the band has been around and been successful and has been able to maintain the reputation for 50 plus years is a testament to the ability of all three guys. Like if you had a wink, weak link anywhere in there, if any of the guys had sort of lost a step, if any of them were, you know, not as good as they actually are, the band wouldn't have lasted this long. So I I think that's really, that's really sort of my take on it is just, you know, they've had 50 years to get it right. And they, they pretty much got it right almost immediately out of the gate when they were in their early twenties. And they've just been able to build on that ability and that success. And it's like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. I mean, you should, right? The whole thing, how do you get to Carnegie Hall of practice, Practice? Mm. practice? It's like these guys have been able to to do it and build on it for 50 years. And I I think if they didn't have that ability and they didn't Mm. have that talent, they would have been called out for their BS ages ago. But the fact that they've been able to demonstrate their ability and I don't want to say reinvent themselves because I don't think they really have reinvented themselves as much as stay ahead of trends, set trends, follow the trends you know, been in the right place at the right time with the right sound. And, and that's a testament to any strong musician of, you know, are you a leader or are you a follower? Are you a trendsetter or are you someone who follows the trends? And I think they've sort of, if, you know, they've sort of been swimming in and out of all of those categories throughout their career where they've sort of carved themselves out a niche and said like, this is who we are. And this is the kind of sound we have. And they've been able to make that sound work in these other genres to gain success with an audience that might not otherwise have ever heard them. Like if they had never come out with songs like, so you mentioned the Eliminator album, which I'm sure we'll talk about in more detail. Like it had sharp dress man, which you've already talked about. It had legs, which was a huge hit. It had, give me all your loving. Like those were all pop songs. Those were all pop hits. That was my introduction to this band in the early eighties was the Eliminator album with those three hits. And it's like, I would never have listened to this band based on the work they had put out before that if i hadn't heard these songs first this is what sort of opened the door to zz top for me Mm -hmm. i think it did for a lot of people yeah yeah and then it's like well what else have they done and then you go back and listen to their older stuff and it's very much blues (laughs) it's very much that rhythm and blues which is certainly not my my you know it's not my bag but i can appreciate it and i can certainly enjoy it and you know like um um songs like uh lagrange you know one of the earliest hits yeah it's like that is one of their signature songs but i didn't know that in the 80s like right. when you ask me zz top it's like legs that's their song mm-hmm. and then you go back and listen to the stuff from the 70s and you're like wow these guys really they had something back then and like you listen to lagrange and you listen to legs you're like that's the same band and, I and that to yeah. me is a testament to their ability
1: no kidding. Oh, so just to get back to the band for a bit, Dusty Hill, we mentioned. Sure.
0: Obviously,
1: sadly, passed away. And I'm so R&D glad we did. got a chance to see them play. God. Um, but the thing was, yep. with him, not only did he play the bass, he played keyboards and he sang lead vocals on a few songs. He did. He definitely did. Beer yeah. Drinkers and Hellraisers and Tush come to mind, those are the two that he mm-hmm, really sang. But mm-hmm. he also wrote the songs. Like, all three of them wrote all the songs together. Yeah. And yep. the thing, if you think about him as a bass player, I played bass as well, and He's a, he was a very technical player, you know, where you've got Gibbons with all the kind of all the flash, you know, and all the style Hill did what the band needed him to do. And that was just to provide this rock solid bottom, you know, just that groove to the music. And I think he did that better than anyone else could have in that situation. God, he was good. He was, Mm -hmm.
0: he was like the the
1: bass player is usually underrated, you know, in the band and kind of slips in. He, and he certainly was no exception
0: One of the things that, um, that I always remembered about Dusty Hill This is sort of like adjacent to the music Is the um, The cartoon show from Mike Judge King of the Hill that mm-hmm. ran through like The, the 90s um, So the, the family was named Hill Hank Hill and Peggy Hill and Bobby Hill Like that was their name And so in one of the episodes Dusty Hill from ZZ Top was revealed to be A cousin of Hank Hill The main character on the show Mm -hmm. And when he showed up in the one episode, he was like a practical joker who had this great sense of humor. And like Hank just disdained the fact that he was able to make a living as a musician because he didn't have to work at it. And it was like, that's not a real job. And, and meanwhile, Dusty Hill was like constantly playing practical jokes on like the, the straight laced Hank Hill character. And that for some reason, that episode always stuck with me. Now, I don't know if Dusty Hill was really like that, like the way they portrayed him in the show, but I, I'd like to think that maybe he was because they really portrayed him as a guy who like liked to have a good time and like, mm-hmm. you know still had the work ethic of the musician but liked to cut loose a little bit and it's like you know maybe they they tweaked it a bit to make it a little more palatable for uh, a national cartoon syndicated primetime show but you know I kind of want to think that maybe that was what he was like and for some reason that that's always stuck with me so I, I kind of hope that is how he was like yeah
1: uh, Frank Beard um interesting guy he had a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol it's really amazing he stuck with the band as long as he did it's something came to mind when you were talking before you know how long they've stuck together through thick and thin mm-hmm. and it's just in some ways it's amazing they stuck together because he really, really yeah. had some issues I mean we're obviously so lucky that they, you know that they stuck together but I think like Billy Gibbons Frank Beard is one of the most underrated drummers in rock music you know he hit the drums just so damn hard when he played but he was also kind of a minimalist you know when it came he he reminds me of charlie watts like we mentioned he just passed away too like just all about the groove you know just providing the backbone for the music and he just did it so 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 good and it it wasn't that he was always minimalistic all the time because he wasn't because you you mentioned lagrange when you go back and listen to that song, when the drums kick in, like he's counting threes. He's going one on the hi-hat, two, three on the snare. Like it's a, it's a really cool triplet roll that he does. And but it just totally provides the groove for the song, you know? But mostly if you listen to their their music, it's just about him just getting into the groove, just these sort of driving, just really simple rock beats, but just help give them that sound i think i think frank beard has as much to do with giving zz top their sound as billy gibbons uh guitar playing that's what i think
0: yep yep the only the only other thing that i always found was you know sort of funny slash interesting was zz top was known or became known for the long beards Yep. (laughs) Except for the drummer, whose name was Beard, didn't have a beard. Yeah. And I mean, that was no no end of jokes that, that went around that. And I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, me too. All those years, the other too, two though. guys were like, they were known for these long beards. And that was like, their I signature the look, right? That was their signature look. And I remember in the 80s, the Gillette razor company offered them like a ridiculous amount of money to do a commercial where they shaved off their beards using no. a Gillette razor. Yeah. And they're like, not a chance. No way. That's their And look. it was just, Yeah and i just i always thought it was hilarious that the fact that yeah. the only guy in the band without a beard is the drummer and his name was beard yeah. Like you could you, couldn't have, you could know. have picked, you could have written that better. like if that was a, if that was in a movie no one would believe it it's I know. like truth is stranger than fiction so that always makes me laugh it always makes me smile and mm-hmm. i'm sure the band sort of got a kick out of it as well cuz oh, i'm sure yeah. they could have said to him like dude we're all grown beards you got to start growing this, but it was just like, I, I got to think they sort of yeah. found it humorous. The <laughs> fact that beard was the only guy without a beard. So
1: you touch base anyway. uh, before on their music videos. It's worth coming back to. So MTV premieres in the United States, August the 1st to in 1981. Right. And then it was yep. followed by much music up here in Canada. Uh, three years yep. later, they it came out in August of 84. And it was just a game changer for music. Oh, Yeah, Mostly because it it obviously changed the way people consumed music, right? Up until then, you got your first exposure to songs on the radio, you know, and then you went out and you bought the albums. But with MTV and, and much music for guys like me and you up here in Canada, Derek, like this was where people gained exposure to a lot of artists and their songs. And it was through watching these music videos. And the thing is, you wouldn't think ZZ Top, would be the sort of band that would have a huge presence when it comes to pop music videos but they did like did they ever you know oh my so god yeah any any memories yeah. you have about zz top oh, yeah. and their music videos because we lived so, it. we were there
0: oh yeah so so this this is right in my wheelhouse so i have tons of stuff on this Go. so for me as much as the zz top on the radio was a thing these zz top on music videos is what did it for me. That's what won me over. So there's, there's the old adage of like, you know, that, you know, rock and roll is all about chicks and cars. Well, ZZ top did it better than anyone else with their videos. They had beautiful women in all their videos and, you know, looking back on them, some of it's quite shameless and, and probably wouldn't, wouldn't really fly today, but at the time they knew what's, you know, sex sells. And so they did it and they had the car, The uh, Eliminator Coupe 1933 Ford Coupe car. 33
1: Ford Coupe, the Red Coupe, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a car guy, but that car is, Ah. that stands out. Like, I did a lot of uh, searches, web searches, before we did this podcast about the car, and it was like, all these articles were like, the top five or the top ten cars in pop culture, and the ZZ Top Car made every single list without question. And in many cases, it was number one or number two. Mm -hmm. And they were just saying it was like, it, it had some. It was, you know, it was the 1933 Ford Coupe, but it had its. It had some tweaks and it had some, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Again, I won't go into the details because honestly, I couldn't really care less about the the specifics. And then it had the decal along the side with the ZZ stylized painted over yeah. the red. Uh, like it was a red car with the stylized ZZ on the top, and it appeared in you in a, uh, like five or six of the videos, and it was always like. The the hot chicks driving the car, and they had the ZZ keychain that was always prominently featured in the videos. Where some down on their luck, someone or other was given the, the the keys as like, you have been blessed. Here are the keys to this awesome car, and your life will forever be better. And so you had it appear in the so the, obviously the Eliminator album featured the car on the cover, and the, they they dubbed the name of the car Eliminator. And so it appeared in the video for Give Me All Your Lovin. Then it appeared in the sharp-dressed man video. Yep. Then it appeared in the video for legs. So legs, you had three yeah. of the four big hits off of this album, had the video. TV dinners was another minor hit off the album. It didn't have the car, but give me I love and sharp-dressed man and legs, and it was like this sequential story about like who's gonna who the, who is the car and the women that drive this car are gonna help next, and the the three guys from the band were always like there, but they weren't the ones driving the car, but they would appear with the car, and then when um. After Burner came out, the car became like a spaceship. Yes. And so you had the video for um, Sleeping Bag and you had the video for Rough Boy mm-hmm. that, again, it was this sequence of, well, where is it going next? And so Sleeping Bag had the car that became the, the spaceship and then Rough Boy had the spaceship car going into like a space station. So you had five videos over the course of three or four years that had hit songs that featured this car in some form or another just again to perpetuate the fact that it's like we're not even focusing on the band it's the image and the lifestyle the band is selling it's the car it's the women it's the if you've got the keys to this car you are you have been blessed so like in give me all your Love and in sharp dress man the keys go to some low-life loser and then in legs it goes to like this woman who who you know again with the legs the idea that that she's not popular but she can become popular and you know they get a makeover and she gets a car and she gets the guy and all the rest of that. So it's just the fact that they were able to roll this this visual of this car into their video. Now you're not focusing on these three slightly older dudes that are definitely nothing to look at. Two of them have these long <laughs> scraggly beards, but it's like they're just there in the background as like the spirits of awesome. And, uh, and it just, it worked. It was the right place, the right time with the right idea and the right visual. When you've got, you know, the MTV generation of how you look can be even more important than how you sound. Like you have Duran Duran breaking on MTV. Look at how awesome we look now. It helped that they could sing and it helped. They were pretty, but if they were ugly, I don't think they would have had nearly the success and ZZ top sort of just wrote on that kind of idea of, don't worry about us. We're nothing to look at, but look at our awesome car and look at the beautiful women that are driving this car. And and it just, that was, that that brought them from a, a successful band to an awesome, super successful band.
1: So, yeah, I, I agree because for me, they didn't just make music videos. They made some of the most iconic music videos of the eighties. And let me tell oh, you, yeah, for sure, you know, for me and you living through that time. That's no easy feat to do. There were some really really good videos back in the 80s But the thing is I'll be honest I went back and I watched some of their 80s videos recently and I gotta admit They
0: don't hold up all that well. I know they they just they don't they just don't look good, you know But a lot of them don't you can't single them out as the one group. It's a lot of objectifying women in so much of what they do, mm-hmm. but that was so much of how these videos were at that time. Yeah. It wasn't even that and Not for me, to excuse it, not to yeah. excuse it at all. It wasn't, it just, wasn't, again. it wasn't for me. I didn't really think it. If anything,
1: I don't, I don't think they did objectify the women. And, and, and I'll come back to that in a second. I know it sounds crazy, but like the thing is they, they just have this unique look like you said. You know, not just with the beards, but remember the fuzzy white guitars? <laughs> like, yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Love those. And, and the car, like you mentioned. And they also had <clears throat> that silver keychain for the car. Remember the ZZ Top yeah. logo? With the ZZ. Yeah. I, I used to have one of those when I was a teenager. I bought
0: one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did.
1: Nice. But the thing for me <clears throat> with their videos, and this is where I'm saying that's like, I don't know if they objectify so much. Because here's the thing, if you, you, you take a couple of old guys with long beards and you put them in a music video with a bunch of young girls in bikinis, well, things can get a little bit creepy really, really, really yeah. fast. But that's not the, what it was because you had ZZ Top, like you mentioned, they basically were the guys that helped other people be successful yes right yeah so they yeah they, it wasn't
0: it wasn't them interacting with these hot chicks no. yeah they weren't with the because girls that would have been creepy.
1: they helped the young guy become a sharp dressed man so he, he could get the girls you know they helped yeah. by making that car magically appear like you said so they could all get in the teenagers can get in and go for a ride it was like it was like the band was the conduit for other people to be mm-hmm. you know successful and have fun and for that reason for me it just it just worked you know like you said just, oh, their videos were great, like, but they, they handled yeah. it right, I thought. Um, I agree. I agree. We cannot talk about ZZ Top and not talk about their songs and some of our favorite songs before we, you know, we get into it. Like, cause for me, I tend to, when I think of ZZ Top, I think they're, like, they kind of stopped making music, like, you know, with Afterburner. They were done. But I remember I used to, as I mentioned before, I used to DJ at a bar, and this would have been in the nineties. And in around 96, so what, what we what we did was we used to get these CDs. We were subscribed to this service. And 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 once a month they'd send a CD with a whole bunch of like random songs on it. They were like the the popular songs at the time, right? For that month. And then you always had the updated music to to play at the bar. And I remember getting it and there was a there was most of it was like popular kind of dance music, which is what I used to play at the bar. And then there was a section at the bottom that had country songs and there was a section with them rock. And I remember in 96 getting one of these CDs and looking at it and in the rock section. There was a ZZ Top song and I was like, "What? they're still making music. I didn't even know that. And it was the song was called Rhythmine. I don't know if you're familiar okay. with this. But if you're not, I think I am. Go and look it up on YouTube or whatever. And the song is phenomenal. It's just it's the spirit of their old stuff, you know, and the stuff from the '80s and the '70s, kind of all mixed together. Rhythmine. It's really, really, really good. But um, normally we do top five lists around here. But instead we didn't. We decided not to really do like a traditional top five of their songs. But I, like I, I think it's worth talking about some of our favorite songs. So do you have like one that you want to just kind of start with and we can just talk about some other favorite songs?
0: Yeah. So, so again, not to, not to say like, this is my number five out of a five song pick, but uh, I want to, I want to talk about one we haven't talked about yet. And that is the song double back from back to the future to back to the future three. You almost forget about that one. Don't you? Like you forget. Oh yeah. ZZ talk did that. Jeez. So, So for those who maybe are a little bit younger, Back to the Future in 1985 was one of the biggest movies of the year. One of my top 10 all-time favorite movies ever. And the first Back to the Future movie featured Huey Lewis and the News. They did uh, Power Love. Power Love. Again, huge number one hit. And uh, Back in Time, I think, was another one by Huey Lewis and the News. So that first movie was a great movie with a great soundtrack. Then a few years later, they decided we're going to make a sequel. And they would filmed... Back to the Future Part 2 and Back to the Future Part 3 together, which was not typically done. No, Yeah, like, so, I mean, years later, you they do that with things like Lord of the Rings where they filmed all three of them together. Mm -hmm. But This was, like, not something that happened very often, so it was, like, a a real risk. And as a part of that, quote-unquote, experiment, they had ZZ Top do songs for the soundtrack because I guess they, Huey Lewis was not interested. Again, I don't know the specifics, but I got to believe at this point, Huey Lewis is like, we've done our bit. We're done. We're not interested in coming back for part two and part three. You do what you want. So for back to future part three, they had ZZ top do this song called double back, which was prominently featured in, in the soundtrack for the the third part of the movie. And in the movie in back to future part three, they go back to 1885, like the old wild west and the ZZ top members actually make a cameo appearance in the movie in a like it's a very short appearance but it's kind of a wink wink it's a pretty funny scene if you haven't seen it i would strongly recommend you go back and take i mean the movie's not fantastic but it is what it is and and it's worth a watch and but the song double back and the music for it is used throughout the movie and it sound even though it came out in 1990 it sounds very much like the songs they put out in uh, in 1983 on eliminator uh which again Definitely is my all-time favorite ZZ Top yeah. album without a question. And so even though this song was seven years later and they had started to change their music a little bit and just music in general, seven years later, music is going to change, they were able to sort of reach into that same area and, and pull out this new song. So uh, this would definitely be on my top five list, Double Back by ZZ Top from the Back to the Future 3 soundtrack. And it's one that gets overlooked a lot, but every time I hear it, it brings a smile to my face. The video is kind of creative because they've taken scenes from the from the movie and they've inserted the band into it, like they superimposed the band into right. scenes of the movie. It, again, it's not done very well. So when you watch it now, you're like, oh, my God, this kind of looks cheesy. But it's kind of funny at the same time. So, no, I, I really enjoy it. This is definitely one that I don't think gets enough love that people who are fans of the band should give another chance to double back.
1: When I think of ZZ Top, I mean, like, this, they have got so many songs and it spans, you know, such a wide range of like some of their old stuff and, and their later stuff with Eliminator but I still think the one that jumps out the most to me is Legs like that's the one oh, I, for sure. I think of Legs when I think of ZZ Top and and as a guitar player you know I, I think a lot of like popular rock songs had three chords you know but Legs didn't it had a funny lick to it like the lick is is actually quite difficult to play on the guitar and it's not that it's Technically difficult, because it's it's pretty straightforward, you know, some open D. But it's it's just the to get the feel for it is really 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 tough. Again, it's a testament to to Billy Gibbons. But it's it's not your typical guitar lick for a song, you know, if you look at it technically. But God, that's a good song.
0: <laughs> it's just so so good. That's the one that and it's jumps got out the iconic. Me. It's got the iconic video. Yeah, which. You know arguably I mean it's it's one of these ones again features the car and, and honestly the videos that feature the car are all pretty much the same. like who are we kidding? But I think legs is arguably the best of them in part because it's the the woman that's being empowered. So from today's point of view it actually holds up a little better than some of the other ones. but um, legs is their iconic 1980s hit, especially early 80s. Um, no I agree I agree with absolutely. I mean as much as I love sharp dress man, legs has got to be the big hit off that album that's got to mm-hmm. be their most famous i mean you would i would say if someone said like what is zz top's biggest all-time greatest hit it's got to either be legs or lagrange like in my mind mm-hmm. those are their two absolute one two and depending on who you ask that the order will change every day would you agree with that oh yeah i i think i think so well i
1: might go La- lagrange i really like but i think i might go with sharp dress man up there too just because you know it it was so popular. And for me with sharp dress band, again, it's not your typical three chords, like the way that they play, right. it, they, they, they kind of play it the same way that they play with, um, when they do tush, like they, they only play mm-hmm. the, 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 bottom part of, of the power chord. And it's just, I think it's one of the all time great intros in a rock song, mm-hmm. sharp dress band It's just so iconic. It's just, you hear it. It's just so good.
0: So I would put well, Sharp not- dress band up there. Yeah. And I mean that like I said at the top, sharp Dressed Man made my top 5 all-time favorite God, 80s rock songs and yeah. that's largely why. Like it's it's a great song. You hear it at every wedding you ever go to. Anytime there's like any sort of fashion show, they like it's it's one of those songs that is not going away. And uh it, it's there's just a lot to like about it. Um what else, the other one of the other ones that I like that um, that again this is sort of, you know, I don't want to say a guilty pleasure because that always implies something that's kind of crappy, but um, I always liked the song Sleeping Bag from Afterburner. Afterburner, which yeah. I don't, I don't want to say is a guilty pleasure because it was a pretty big hit. It wasn't yeah. obviously anywhere near the, the hit that Legs was, no. but... It was the biggest was hit big off that hit. album. Yeah. It, it was a bigger hit off that album. It had a video, again, that featured the car. It had some kind of cheesy animation incorporated into it, but again, it was a product of its time. But it's just one of those songs that sounded a little different than the kind of things they put out but was still had a zz top sound so I, i've always had a soft spot for it so i think that would have made my top five list as well um just simply because i enjoy it not necessarily because i think it was one of their top five best songs but sleeping bag's always been a, one of my sort of fan favorites
1: so one of the ones that i discovered a bit late like because again like i said you know like most people i came in to zz top with eliminator and then went back and was like oh listen to their old stuff one of their older ones that I always liked was Tush. And the thing is, yeah, so many of their songs were about sex. Which, I mean, like oh, most, rock, most rock bands, you know, that's what they sing about. But instead of being sort of subtle about it, you know, like some rock bands like, oh, baby, baby, I love you. Like ZZ Top, they were one of the first bands that just came out and just said it. Like, they've got they've got songs like Tube Snake Boogie. Pearl necklace. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. like, and tush. Like, I mean, it's just straight up. Lord, take me downtown. I'm just looking for some tush. Like, it's just, they're not beating around the bush. <laughs> no one intended. <laughs> <Nope. Yep. laughs> like, it's Jeez. just, I don't know. The, the song is, it, it's good. And I remember hearing it in, I want to say it was in uh, an officer and a gentleman they use that song in one of the scenes too. It's just, I don't, the song is good. And, and, and uh, I had a band in high school. We used to play that, that song quite a bit. And
0: it's just, it's a, it's a kicker kick ass song. It really is. It's nice. People nice. just like it. So. All right. I want to, I want to give you a few sort of random one-off trivias because I can tell we're getting close to the end here. Yeah. So for anyone who's a fan of ZZ top. Uh, but, sorry. Who, sorry. Maybe, but before we yes, get into some trivia, right. I, there's just, yeah. Just, I
1: want to mention too about LaGrange because okay. you mentioned that yep. and just, yep. An amazing guitar intro. And then when the drums kick in, the vocals. The thing with, this is one of those songs that you don't think would ever find mainstream success. You know?
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: But it's just so damn good. I, I think that's, that's really the secret to me to the whole ZZ Top thing. The whole ZZ Top experience, if you will. Musically, these guys were incredible. And like you said, they stayed together over 50 years. And like, oh, just, just amazing. So LaGrange and just another honorable mention I want, I want to mention was beer drinkers and Hellraisers. raisers. The thing is it makes them like when you first listen to it, like it's such a great song. It makes them seem like they're the tough guys, you know, Hey, we're drinking and we're fighting. But again, they're just the conduit because the song is about them playing on stage in some dive bar and everyone around them is drinking and fighting. But it's such a good song. So, oh, God, they got good stuff. Nice. I, love, I think as I think about it more and more, as much as I love Legs and that's their iconic song, I think some of their earlier stuff is is some of their best stuff. But, you know, that's just me. Anyway, the, so you got some tribute. Stuff
0: is de- I was As to say, the earlier stuff yeah. is definitely like more raw. And yeah. the, the stuff in the 80s seems a little more refined. Part, I don't want to say they're sellout, but it's like I think they realize like any other artist. You get to a point where in your life you're like, I want to get paid. And I think that Legs was sort of that good mishmash of they're able to still stick to their roots and do what they like to do, but tweak it just enough to meet that mainstream audiences um, uh, desire so right. that you can you can cash a paycheck. You can make mm-hmm. the video. You can be a hit. I mean, not that they necessarily knew that, was, that those songs were going to be hits, but they, they really seem to have a good sense for. What do we need to do to be successful, like to really reach that broad audience? And I think that they did that without like, again, you look back at those albums. Yeah, they have those big hit pop hits, but there's a lot of songs that like those B-side tracks that are still on the album that are really throwbacks to that 70s sound. So, you know, I think I think they did a good uh, a good job sort of bridging that gap.
1: So you mentioned you um, had some trivia.
0: So yes, yes. a some few things quick we, things before we move on. Yeah. So if you're a big fan of ZZ Top, or maybe you're not that big a fan of ZZ Top, but you want to know a little bit more about them, there is a fantastic documentary that came out. It's on Netflix right now. It came out a couple of years ago. It's called ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas. Now, I didn't really know much about ZZ Top before the Eliminator album. So I, my intro to ZZ Top was in 1983 when I was nine years old, and I saw the music video, and I'm hearing the songs on the radio, and that was I knew ZZ Top from that point forward. In the more recent years, like, you know, years later, I got to know that, hey, they were actually a really big band in the 70s and late 60s, which I didn't really know any of their stuff. So, this documentary was really good for me because, like, the first half of it was 100% new to me. I didn't know anything about how they got together, what their origins were, or the hardships they faced, or those first few albums. Uh, So, Although um, towards the end of the documentary, they start to get into like what they're doing now and you're like, oh, whatever. But uh, I I really enjoyed this. Chris, I think you said you saw and you didn't really like it as much as I did. But if you want to know more about ZZ Top, it seemed to be a pretty even handed account of their career path. It's called ZZ Top, that little band from Texas. It's available on Netflix right now. Chris, did you watch this one? Yeah, I did. I thought it was good. I thought it was informative, but I, I just I don't think it was
1: really greatly produced and I just don't think they had a lot of, you know, like footage of the band from back then. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. really kind of punch it all up. But I mean, I, I like I like ZZ Top. I mean, they're great. But yeah, I thought the documentary was just, it was just okay for me,
0: you know. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the documentary. So, a couple other quick things. So, ZZ, you know, your band is a big band when you were asked to perform at the Super Bowl. So, in 1997, ZZ Top performed at Super Bowl 31. So, it, the list of bands that got that have performed at the Super Bowl over the years is a pretty exclusive list, and they are on the list. So, that in itself is a pretty huge milestone. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. Again, a very exclusive club that has very specific requirements. So again, not everyone and their mother gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So the fact that they are in and have been in since 2004 says a lot about their band. And the one that I I found most interesting, this little trivia bit, was the Rolling Stone magazine put out a list of the top 100 greatest rock bands ever of all time. ZZ Top was number 32 out of 100. I got to think number one was the Beatles, but you got to think if you make this list and you are number 32 out of 100, you beat 68 other bands on this list. Like this is a very prestigious list to be a part of. And the fact that they were number 32 out of 100, again, I think is just icing on the cake for how great this band is and how influential their music has been and how many people enjoy what they have to say. I think I think that's a great way to sort of end this. Is they are one of the one hundred greatest bands ever. The thing is, any band that's together fifty one years, they're not
1: three guys up on that stage playing together. They're one, you know, and they were absolutely they they were they were absolutely absolutely fantastic. So anyway, let's have some fun with Caveman, Derek. We're gonna play a little game
0: that I'd like to call ZZ Top
1: lyrics okay
0: here's okay. how it works okay i was worried i was like if you ask me zz top trivia i'm gonna embarrass myself and not know any of the answers no, here because you, okay. you, you fire away fire away so i'm gonna give you some lyrics all you gotta do is just identify
1: the zz top song that the lyrics are from okay okay you gotta whip it up and hit me like a ton of lead if i blow my top will you let it go to your head
0: that would be give me all your loving
1: That is correct. From 1983's Eliminator. All right. Just let me know if you want to go to that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls.
0: Jeez, that could be so many songs. Is that uh, that LaGrange? Yes. From
1: 1973's Trey Hombres. All right. Nice. She likes wearing lipstick. She likes French cuisine, but she won't let me use my passion unless it's in a limousine.
0: Wow. I I have no idea. Oh, it's
1: it's so hard when you don't hear it with the music. She likes wearing lipstick. It's got me under pressure. Okay?
0: Oh, okay. All All
1: right. right. Here's an easy one for you. Take me back, way back home, not by myself, not alone.
0: Oh jeez. I'm gonna guess because I don't recognize it. Is that from Double Back? No, that's Tush. That's
1: Tush. I'm sorry. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> right. Now go
1: out and get yourself some thick black frames with the glass
0: so dark they won't even know your name. Yeah, it's gotta be cheap sunglasses. Yes. From the Diguello album in
1: 1979. Okay. Yeah. Here's one.
0: I've got to have her. Oh, wow! I should know that. I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing the lyric, and I'm like, I can't place it. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's from
1: Legs. Oh, I've got like, to have her. The girl is all right. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm like singing it, going. I need the next line. <laughs> I know it's
1: so hard when you don't hear it. It's with the so music. difficult. Lyrics yeah. are not easy. All right, here's no. one. If you see me walking down the line with my favorite honky tonk in mind, well, I'll be here around supper time with my can of dinner and a bunch of fine. Jeez,
0: is it TV dinner? <laughs> no, it's beer drinkers and hellraisers. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. not really familiar with the song. Here's yeah, an okay. easy one for you
1: Zip it on around while it's on the ground, spread it out and lay it down.
0: I want to say, well, it's not Give Me All Your Love. We already had that song. Think about it. That's going to be Sharp Dress Band. Sharp Dress Band.
1: Zip it on around while it's on the ground, spread it out and lay it down as a sleeping bag. Oh, geez. Of sleeping course it bag. is. Of course. All right. She is so tough. As pure as the driven slush. And that's not, that's not jewelry she's talking about. It, does, it really don't cost that much.
0: Based on the lyrics and yep. the double entendre, I got to think that's pearl necklace. Yes, it is.
1: The 1981's El Loco. All right, last one. This one's going to be a tough one. I got to get you with the okay. hard one on the last one. Well, I was rolling down the road in some cold blue steel... I had a bluesman in the back
0: and a beautician
1: at the wheel.
0: Oh, is that, um, uh, it's the one about Mississippi. My heart's in Mississippi. I think it's called. (laughs) No, it's I'm bad. I'm nationwide. Oh, geez.
1: Nice. Oh, they did pretty good. Again, it's really hard when you hear the It is really hard out of the song. Even something like uh, I've got to have her. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's hard. Right. So, um, so normally at this point of the show, one of us would nominate a film for the next show, but Derek, you had an idea for a new segment that
0: you'd like to debut on the show. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, do I ever. So Chris, you and I are both huge fans of fantasy sports drafting. Oh, yeah. hockey brewers, as as most people brewers, know, I got my started
1: as, podcasting with the Dear Mr. Horse. Fantasy podcast. I mean, I'm a fantasy Absolutely. baseball guy,
0: yeah. so we we both have this predilection for drafting stuff and and earning points and being the winner and drafting a better team than the next guy. Yeah. So I was inspired by by one of the other podcasts I listened to, and I thought, we can definitely get in on this action. So what I propose we do, is we do a pop culture fantasy draft. Okay. And what we're going to do is you and I will draft a pop culture fantasy team based on a specific year and the decade we're choosing is the 80s. So we're going to stick to the 80s. We'll do a few episodes. We will pick a specific year from the 1980s and each of us will draft three movies, three television shows, and three songs from the from that year to create a fantasy team and just for fun we'll throw in a 10th pick that's more of a a wild card or a guilty pleasure kind of pick that we both pick at the very end of the draft like a personal as sort of choice. our own personal choice as our own little cherry on top of the okay. Sunday to uh, our own personal signature to, to just round out our list to get it to a nice round 10 And then we will ask some of our listeners to help evaluate who had the better list that represented that year based on our draft. So next week, we'll come back and we'll do the first ever Pop Goes Your World pop culture fantasy draft from a year from the 80s. And Chris, I'm going to throw it to you. Mm -hmm. What year? Do you want a draft or do you want to make it a surprise and we'll just announce it next week?
1: Um, so so two things before I mention the year. I, I do have a year in mind that I'd like to do. Okay, good, good. The 80s are my thing. Um, can Is there any way we could like have some sort of like money on the line or like something at stake to win here? Like I, that's what I feel. That's, that's the one thing I like about fantasy sports too. I like winning money. So um, is there some way that we can... I don't know, like 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 if like you say we're gonna we're gonna draft our team, then we're gonna throw it out there to our panel of judges, you know, from our mm-hmm. listeners, and they're going to pick a winner. And then do we right. get to win
0: anything from that? Well, I gotta think there's gotta be something at stake. Bragging, bragging rights, bragging I mean, rights. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the bragging rights are big. Don't get me wrong. Like nothing would make me happier than you know proving to you once and for all that I'm a better pop culture drafter than you are. But. Uh, why don't we I know that, I know I, I have an idea
1: okay. I have an idea okay I'm listening it's it's sometimes it's really good to win Um, you know some sort of a trophy right to do okay with. okay So lot. it we'll, we'll do this once a month right so we'll do a movie and then another movie and then we'll do a top five and then we'll do uh, you know our fantasy our pop culture fantasy draft so once a month we're, we're gonna exchange the trophy and I suggest that the, the trophy should be my Funko Fonzie Ooh, okay. So my Funko Fonzie is the trophy, and the Funko Fonzie will move to whoever the winner is. So you know, if I win okay. the first one, I get yeah. the Funko Fonzie, and then you get the Funko Fonzie. It's really okay. fun to say Funko it. Fonzie, too. By
0: the way, it is. It <laughs> it's is. fun. Yeah. All right. So what what year what year do you want us to, to um, do our draft for? Any movie week? or sorry, any year from the eighties, right? I'm going to start us we, off. So hang on. yeah I think our intent, if this if this segment works out and our listeners enjoy it. We will do every year from the 1980s yep. for a total of 10 episodes. So, sure. where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the beginning of 1980 or want to just jump in in the middle? Nah, we'll
1: just jump in somewhere and we can kind of move around. Is that cool? Are you cool with that? I love it. We'll I love it. Just randomly move
0: around. Um, I want to start with 1984. That's a good year. I like that. That's a great idea. Yep. And we'll recap the rules at the start of the next episode because yep. you and I may need to refine them a little bit between now and then mm-hmm. as we start to draft our lists. But three movies. Yeah, okay,
1: I love it. 3 TV shows, 3 songs, and one personal choice. And then like you said, what we'll, well what we'll do is at the beginning and the next episode we'll flip a coin and we'll and we'll just see who goes first and then it just alternates and once somebody picks so something so let's say if i pick a song it's off the list that you cannot pick it you've got to pick something else obviously and then we go back and forth i think the rule should be though that the movie tv show or song has to debut in the year in question which is 1984 okay okay and we can
0: talk more about that next week but i love that idea okay okay so next week we'll come back. It'll be everything 1984 and I'll demonstrate to you why I know more about 1984 than you do. And I'm going to pick a better list than you do.
1: Yeah, But I'm also the fantasy sports guru. So we'll have to see how this, I can't wait. This is starting to get competitive. And I, yeah. like, as you know, between my story earlier on with the ting and the other ting and the other ting, I'm very, very competitive. So this is going to be just great. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, until next episode when we draft our first ever pop culture fantasy uh, team, This is Chris McBride for Derek Myers saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show.